it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, it is Fox Across America, but today it's Paul Gleiser from the great state of Texas filling in. Jimmy's on his way to Oklahoma, no doubt, because he wants to see what 3-2 beer is like. That's not really fair. News of Prohibition's repeal got to Oklahoma in 2018. They had a real beer in Oklahoma. Anyway, Jimmy's on his way to Oklahoma. I'm here filling in for Jimmy today, which in effect means it's you filling in because I'm not smart enough to do this show by myself. I need your help. And you can provide that help by calling 888-788-9910. We have a big show lined up today. Rather Texas-centric because Texas has become ground zero on one of the biggest issues facing the country and shaping the midterm election, which is now just 33 days away. More on that in just a minute. Coming up in the second half hour, uh, second half of this hour, we have Congressman Pat Fallon from Texas's 4th Congressional District. Congressman Fallon is a pal of this show. Look forward to talking to him again. At the bottom of hour two, we have Cassie Garcia. Cassie's looking to unseat longtime Texas Democratic Congressman Henry Cuellar, who represents Texas 28. That's a border district in Texas. It hasn't voted for a Republican since Moses was a boy. And then later in hour two, we have Catalina Lauf, who's looking to unseat incumbent Bill Foster in Illinois' 11th district. All of these folks looking to hand control of the U.S. House to the Republicans. And then at the bottom of hour three, we have the Attorney General from the great state of Texas, Ken Paxton. Couldn't be more timely. A suit against the federal government over the so-called DACA program that Paxton and the state of Texas spearheaded was ruled on against the Biden administration yesterday by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans. In between all of that, we got all that stuff lined up for the show, it's all about you. I'm I'm nowhere near, as I say, smart enough to do this show by myself. I do need your help, 788-788-9910. Immigration is going to lead off the show today. The attendant chaos on our southern border. It's in the news, and it's a huge issue for many voters in the midterms that are just a bit more than a month away. As I just mentioned, the Fifth Circuit affirmed a lower court ruling that said that the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program called DACA that was put in place under the Obama administration was not constitutional. Now, you know what DACA is all about. It's all about the 600 or so, 600,000 or so, mostly Hispanic adults, frequently referred to as dreamers, whose illegal immigrant parents brought them into the United States when they were small children. The United States is the only country they have ever known. The case that wound its way to the Fifth Circuit was a suit against the federal government regarding DACA that was spearheaded by Texas and joined by a number of other states. The broad strokes summary of that ruling is that DACA, begun under the Obama administration, may not enroll any more children of illegal immigrants, but the current DACA enrollees may retain their status for now. Now look, I'm just going to say it. I have sympathy for someone who was brought to this country as a child 
and who is now grown, having never known any other home. I personally know a couple of such individuals. They are as American as you and I. They speak unaccented English. They listen to the same music that yours and my children listen to. They watch the same shows on TV and on Netflix. In the case of the two that I know, they are both college graduates. They're both holding down well-paying, white-collar jobs. They are paying taxes the same as you and me. I simply cannot imagine, and I can't imagine how anyone who thinks about it for a second can imagine, telling these two that they have to go back to Mexico where they were born and from which they were removed as very small children. They don't know anybody in Mexico. They have no standing in Mexico. Mexico to them is what Mexico is to you and me. It's a foreign country. I believe that reasonable people can come to a reasonable accommodation for these individuals. They're living under a cloud of uncertainty, and that's no way to live. They've done nothing wrong, but that cannot happen, nor should it happen, so long as the southern border stands wide open, as it does today. You know, for most of the ruling class uh, in Washington and New York, the chaos on the U.S.-Mexican border has been an abstract problem. It's, tr- it's still true today. It's astonishing to me, but it's still true today that many of the ruling class elites in Washington and New York are incapable of closing their eyes and accurately forming a mental picture of where Texas is on a map. Texas is, for a whole lot of our ruling class, some far away, far away, never, never, ever going to go there place that they never want to see firsthand. It's out there somewhere. The same for Arizona, the same for New Mexico, but, but Texas and those states are very much a factor in the midterm elections. And they have been made more so by Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who is shipping busloads of illegal migrants to the Port Authority bus terminal in Midtown Manhattan and to the Naval Observatory in Washington, D.C., where the, where the so-called borders are. Vice President Kamala Harris lives. Democrats, who can smell the coffee, know that the open southern border created on day one of the Biden administration is a serious political liability. One who knows that very well is Democrat Henry Cuellar from right here in Texas. He is fighting for his political future. Here's what Representative Cuellar had to say. It's cut one. This is our administration. I'm a Democrat. And, you know, they need to understand they own it now. They own it now. And they have to take the steps to correct this. Otherwise, you know, when are we going to see an end to this? The answer is you're not going to see an end to it. It's not going to end. The chaos is going to continue until the policy changes. You know, until busloads of illegal migrants started showing up in New York and showing up in Washington and showing up in Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, courtesy of Greg Abbott Trailways, and in the case of Martha's Vineyard, courtesy of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the establishment media was roundly ignoring the crisis on the southern border that is very real here in Texas. Most Democrats in Washington are still trying to cover their eyes and just wish the story away. You know, no. speaking of the story, no reporter that I know of is doing a better job of covering the story on the southern border than Fox News Channel's Bill Malusian. 
If journalism prizes like the Peabody Award and the Pulitzer Prize weren't controlled by bright blue liberals, Malusian's office and his home mantle would be covered up in journalism awards. Here is I want to play I'm going to play this for you. It's about a 1-minute montage. It's a it's a it's a long cut of him trying to get Dems like Ayanna Presley from Massachusetts, representative there, Benny Thompson from Mississippi, and Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas to answer questions about the border. Here it is. It's cut four. 250,000 unaccompanied migrant children arrived at the border since President Biden took office. Some of them traffic, some of them drowning in the river. Any issue with that? Last question. Ma'am, is the border secure? Do you agree with the administration that the border is secure? We'll let you go. Chairman, one question. In your opinion, is the border secure? I have to go give a speech. Didn't you hear me? I heard you. Okay. It's a quick question. Is the border secure? Answers about the border few and far between from some Democrats on Capitol Hill, including the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. I'm Bill Malugin with Fox News. Do you have a few moments to talk about the border real quick? I'm, I'm sorry, I don't. A week before this, we sent this email to DHS, notifying them we would be in D.C., and we were requesting an interview with the secretary. We received no response, so we went to him. A few moments of your time is all we're asking for, and we'll let you go. Reached out to your office, asked to talk to you last week. They, they blew us off. I appreciate it's, it. It's 900,000 Godaways. Have a good day. Thank you. No comment, sir. Wow. They just don't want to talk about it because they know it's a political liability. They know that what they're doing is indefensible. And we're in a place we've never been in the United States ever. We are in a place where the government is making an active decision to aid and abet lawbreaking. We're, we're at a place where we just have simply decided we're not going to enforce the law, and the citizens who want the law enforced be damned. It's, it's, this is a place that we've never been, and you build an illusion trying to get them to talk about it. They all just run. They all just take off running because they can't really talk about it without confronting the fact that what they're doing is wrong. You know, like I said, I'm sympathetic to the plight of the so-called dreamers. Too much... Some some say, I'm too sympathetic, some say. Some of my fellow travelers on the right, they're fearful, and legitimately so. People who are opposed to granting any sort of accommodation to the Dreamers are legitimately fearful that a deal regarding the Dreamers will, in effect, be amnesty. And they remember, if they, because they're old enough to remember, how the amnesty deal made under President Reagan worked out. That deal was real straightforward. We'll grant amnesty to all the people that have come here illegally on the understanding that we will then close the border and not let any more people in. Say, all right, fine, they're here. We'll deal with it. We'll give them, we'll give them amnesty. There'll be no, no deportation, no, cons- no adverse consequences. You're here. You can stay here. You have status. But no more, this and no more. Well, the no more part never happened. And the border remains open, and look at the chaos that we have today. And it's it, it, but only it's it's orders of magnitude worse than it was in 1986 when the Reagan amnesty deal got done. Many orders of magnitude worse. And you have the the, the mayor of Washington D.C. and the people on Martha's Vineyard all getting the va- the vapors over a handful of people showing up. And they, they have absolutely no understanding of what thousands of people per day in small towns in Texas like Eagle Pass have to deal with. It, it, 
we Texas, Arizona particularly, seeing thousands and thousands of people every day that need to be fed, clothed, housed, um, medicated, in a lot of cases incarcerated. And there is no help from the Biden administration. There is no appreciation for the burden this imposes upon the people in these states. And there's no, there's no appreciation for just how completely wrong it is, how, how, how antithetical to the American ethos it is to allow rampant lawbreaking at the expense of the taxpayers who pay the taxes and support the country and expect to be protected by the government. It's just wrong. All of that said, I nevertheless believe that reasonable people can come to a reasonable solution to the question of DACA and the Dreamers. So, if President Biden wants a reasonable resolution of the Dreamers question, I say no problem. But he has to close and secure the southern border first. Until then, no deal, no way. What do you think? 888-788-9910-888. 788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser from the great state of Texas and proud Fox Across America affiliate KTBB in Tyler Longview, Texas. Sitting in for Jimmy Fallon today, and I'm taking your calls. Looking forward to a lively conversation and a great show. It's all coming up after the break. I hope you'll stick around. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It is Fox Across America. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon today. He'll be back tomorrow, but it's me today. And I'm taking your calls at 888-788-9910. Well, let's get to the calls. Let's just have the leadoff caller right now from Tampa, Florida. It's John. Welcome to Fox Across America. John. Hi, Paul. Good talking to you. Thank you. So I was calling about this immigration. Um, I had a conversation about this with a person the other day, and she thought she was being real Christian about it. You know, they get this Sermon on the Mount all screwed up, and they think they have to open up their doors to the world. But um, I just think that communism is counterfeit Christianity because they act real nice and kind, but they just don't They don't respect property. They don't respect your current rights. Everything is the herd. Um, they just don't give us uh, like God takes care of you individually. And, of course, we take care of each other individually as a family. But there are property rights, you know. And you just can't blow the property rights out of the door by just allowing people to march right through your place. And we had a big old conversation about that, and it's just all mixed up with some people. I told her, well, confusion is like Goliath, and we're like David. This can be stopped. And she was like, well, it's just going to get worse and worse as we go, some kind of a prophecy or something. Well, here's, no, here's it doesn't your... have to get worse and worse. It should get better, you know. <laughs> well, here's your, here's your comeback to her. Ask her this. She's a, she's a fine Christian. She is charitable. Ask her if she would just simply uh, take the front door off of her home and allow whomever wanted to to just come in and and find a place to sit down and get comfortable and help themselves to what's, whatever's in the fridge. 
uh, and uh, sleep there and shower there and live there without paying rent, without uh, any any obligation whatsoever. Would she allow that if she believes in taking in the 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 uh, huddled masses, ask her if she would take the front door off of her home. That's reasonable. Yeah, that's reasonable. That's about what they're doing at the border anyway. No, it's precisely what we're doing at the border. We have simply taken the door off. We said, just come in and help yourself to whatever you can lay your hands on. That's exactly right. It, it's just not right that for everybody to come marching into the neighborhood and take whatever they want and to sit in your backyard and set up a house and everything else. And um, it's just uh, that's not the way life works in America. It doesn't work that way in anywhere. You just can't go into France and start voting in their elections. Uh, you just they're not going to allow it either. You know, and France is the center of communism anyway. If you what? go back to look at a lot of these big deals uh, like Ho Chi Minh and uh, Cho and Lai, they all got educated in Paris, France, and then they spread out around the world. Well, you know, you know, you know what? You can't just you know a place where you can't just go in and start voting in elections. Mexico. Where? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. It's very hard to immigrate to Mexico, and they're really tough. They're really tough on Americans who want to just come in to the country and just start living there. It's hard to immigrate to Mexico, and if you go to Great Britain and you and you go through their passport control, they stamp your passport, and it says right there on the on the little on the little rubber stamp, it says. Uh, Leave to enter for six months. Leave given to enter for six months. Rec- uh, employment and recourse to public funds prohibited. In other words, you can't right. come in and go on welfare and take Britain's jobs. Right. Okay. Well, that's a perfectly reasonable thing for people in Great Britain to do to protect their border, and they do. They protect their border. Germany protects its border. Uh, Mexico, as I say, protects its border. Countries protect their borders, except for this one. And interestingly enough, we we protect the living hell out of the northern border. You ought to try to come into the United States from Canada. It's a complete pain in the tail. But you want to walk into from Mexico? No problem. It's insane. Yeah, that, that is actually what's going on. It's all confusion. Um, we have lots of laws. The, the Democrats or the left, they always want to pass another law, but then they want to have the police state, which is a bunch of bureaucrats, back it up, uh, they want to clear our streets of policemen, but they want bureaucrats to police us, you know. Uh, you'd go to jail for not paying your taxes and things. Um, yeah. And they just they can come down hard on somebody who doesn't, you know, garnish your pay and stuff. That can really be rough, and they're not even policemen, you know, so to speak. Um, yeah, well, jo- yeah, you, can go, you, can go to jail for, you can go to jail for a lot of things in the United States. I've got a headless, I've got a run against a hard brain. You can go to jail for a lot of things in the United States unless you're of the right uh, uh, political pedigree and unless you have the right credentials, in which, which case you can pretty much do whatever you want. You know, law has to be consistently applied, and that includes immigration law. John, appreciate your call. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fella here on Fox Across America. More of the shows coming up. It is Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela. Here from the great state of Texas, I did promise you or threaten you with a rather Texas-centric show today here on Fox Across America. That's because Texas is 
so much at the center of, of, of what's going on in the country, the big the big issues that we're facing, energy, Texas is on the cutting edge of energy, and Texas is on the cutting edge of the huge problem we have with respect to illegal immigration in our southern border. And so Texas is a big part of the uh, of the conversation here 33 days before the midterm election. And the subject of conversations, let's have one right now with, with uh, Congressman from the 4th District of Texas, Pat Fallon, a frequent guest and good pal of this show. Congressman, welcome to Fox Across America. Paul, thanks for having me on. You are a great American and a patriot, sir. Well, thank you. I'm glad I fooled you. Listen, there are about 15, 15 different directions we can go in this segment here, but let's start with I set up the first half of the, uh, the first half of this hour talking about the fact that uh, the, uh, the Fifth Circuit ruling uh, regarding the Dreamers went against the Democrats and the administration. Uh, and my premise is, with respect to those 600,000 or so uh, so-called Dreamers, DACA enrollees, that reasonable people could come to a reasonable solution as to permanent status, their, their ultimate permanent status, if we could actually control and secure the border. What do you say? Paul, stop making sense. I mean, that's exactly what I mean, rational folks. The number one thing that we need to do is secure that southern border forthwith. I mean, immediately because of what is going on, because the drug cartel, the federal government's not controlling our southern border. The Mexican drug cartels are They're the, some of the most evil people on the planet. Let's just talk turkey and let's just be frank and blunt about it because that's what's happening. So if we could do that, there's then latitude and room for maneuver. As far as from a negotiation standpoint, what, what the Democrats always want when these discussions come up, when they talk about quote-unquote immigration reform, is they want the things that they want. They want amnesty. They want a, a, an accelerated path to citizenship. But they still don't want to secure the border. And that's always – I was talking to Ted Cruz about this uh, a few years ago. And that's the poison pill in these discussions. So, you know, and by the way, I think it's interesting to note, Paul, that uh, Barack Obama himself even said originally that he didn't have the authority – to implement the DACA program. And then suddenly somebody whispered in his ear and they did it anyway. Yeah, we know that happened. And, and it, again, we say, well, why would they do this? It's causing uh, causing electoral pain right now here in the 2022 midterms. What is the motivation? Why would they, why would they engage in rampant uh, breaking of the law? And the cynical answer is because they want to import Democratic voters. Is it that simple and that cynical? Yeah, you know, and I, I really do think that in a lot of ways, uh, liberalism is a mental disorder because it just doesn't make any sense. Why would you allow the Mexican drug cartels to have this enormous sexual trafficking and human smuggling operation? Because we all know, of course, that they smuggle illegal narcotics and make about $25 billion a year doing it. But what a lot of Americans still don't realize, Paul, is that right now the cartels charge about $4,000 a head if you want to cross that southern border illegally. And if you don't pay, you're, you know, they very well might murder you in front of the group that you're with. So people pay. Well, when you do the math, and, well, 234,000 illegal border crossings in April, which was 1,258% worse than the last April President Trump was in office, and it was the worst month we'd ever had on record. And then it was, it was May broke that record with 241,000 illegal border crossers, which was 930% worse than the last May President Trump was in office. So anyway, long story short, if you add up from April to August of this year with the known gotaways, you're approaching one and a half million illegal border crossings. 
doing the math when you times that by 4,000, that's like $6 billion of potential additional revenue. The cartels love Joe Biden because he is implementing the policies or lack thereof that make them wildly rich. Well, let me ask you this. You know, we're all saying this is a pivotal midterm election that we, you know, it is generally expected that the Republicans will recapture the floor in the House. It is hoped, but by no means assured, that the same will happen in the Senate. As a practical matter, what what impact will that have on immigration, immigration being an executive branch function? Right. Yeah, well, you, you, you can bring more awareness when you're in charge because you can haul in like people like Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Director, right, and bring him in and put him under oath and demand answers. And I, I would, I'll file articles of impeachment on that guy because he said in a, a Homeland Security Committee hearing in the House last year that the border was secure. Then he was caught on a hot mic uh, soon thereafter saying that the border is chaos. So he was clearly lying. And I think Obviously, he was lying when he was under oath. They haven't done anything. It's a gross dereliction of duty. So it, we are limited, and we have to manage our expectations. Because what I, I tell my folks back home in Texas here, and they say, we can stop the bleeding, but we still have a sick patient. But we won't be bleeding out. Because right now, with Joe Biden and, and the physical, the fiscal, rather, insanity, the wide-open border, it's, uh, we're, we're just, he's killing the country, and we have to change course. But again, it's an executive branch branch function, right. and he can just keep keep right on going, irrespective of who has the floor in the House and the Senate. He can just keep doing it. There's nothing. Well, what I would is, do, it, yeah, Paul. Oh, sorry, that's all right. I stepped on you there. As a practical matter, what are you going to do to stop him in the, for the next two years? What I would do is I would tie in um, some of our policies that will actually enforce the, the laws that are on the books now to secure the border with. Um, with with fiscal bills that we can, if we have that Senate, we can pass without having to exceed the threshold of the filibuster. So pass it out of the House and then pass it out of the Senate and then force him to either, you know, like in a critical bill that he's just got to sign, he can't veto it. So then we could change policy that way. That would be a strategy that we, we should implement. Hopefully we'll have the, the bold character to do so. Okay, well, let me, let, me, let me ask you this question. You know, with respect to this, is the, one of the big pain points in the, in the country right now is the illegal immigration. The other one is the fact that, uh, you know, gas prices are headed back up. We have energy policy that is, in my opinion, completely insane. And what, is, what has to give in order to get, get people some relief uh, at, the, at the pump? And the fact that, you know, you, literally some families – are having to choose between what kind of food they buy and putting gas in their car. Right. And I think it's going to get because Biden has relied. Again, it doesn't make sense. Remember the, the comment I made about the mental disorder. Why would you rely on other nations that do not like us, that don't have our best interests at heart for our energy policy? Because that's what he did. I mean, day one, he said, Keystone Pipeline is dead. And then the first week, he said, no more permits. Um, and leases on federal lands and waters for drilling natural gas and oil. So he then, when, you know, we're not going to import any more Russian oil because of the war in Ukraine, so he relies on a bunch of mini-Putins like Venezuela, I mean, uh, Iran, Saudi Arabia. That's nuts. We should be drilling here. We should be fixing that issue here. Under President Trump, we were energy independent, and now we're not again. It doesn't make sense. Put America first. Now, again, we'll be limited because he is, 
you know, the, the White House isn't going to change hands in 2022. It's hopefully just both chambers. So at least we'll, we'll have some negotiating power because he can't just rule by decree and fiat what he's doing now. Well, the third thing is, and this is what I think is actually maybe a bigger issue than the previous two we just talked about, and that is if you're an, if you're an American citizen out in the heartland and you look at what the FBI is doing and the Department of Justice is doing, and if you look at the fact that they'll go after a, a, a Catholic family man uh, and, and send 20 or 30 FBI agents heavily armed to his home to arrest him in front of his terrified wife and children – uh, for a for a minor 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 scuffle that he didn't even start in front of a Planned Parenthood clinic, but you turn around, they won't prosecute anything that Hunter Biden has done. They won't they won't prosecute uh, any of the any of the uh, Hillary Clinton got a complete pass. She's now passed the statute of limitations. So we have a two tier justice system. What can a change in control of Congress do about that? Oh, well, I'm on the Oversight Committee and Armed Services. And actually, it's a great question, Bob, because I was thinking about that just now, uh, this morning. When you see these, because uh, I just read an article um, about how 11 pro-life activists were indicted by the Department of Justice, literally making it a federal matter for protesting outside an abortion clinic. And yet we have Antifa and uh, the Black Lives Matter that were burning down police stations. And there doesn't seem to be any interest at all in seeking justice there. It's out of whack. So what we do is we call in Director Ray of the FBI in, uh, on uh, oversight and ask him specifically, what in the world do you need 20 FBI agents with guns drawn to go to a man's home who merely is a pro-life activist? That is, that is complete overkill. That is killing an ant with dynamite. And it is showing an imbalance, and clearly justice is not blind, and we need to hold them to, to account. But here's my problem with this, Congressman. You, you, you call them in, you, you, you grill them, you get a word salad response, and nothing changes. Well, right, exactly, Paul. But when you're in the majority, then you pass legislation to compel them to, have, to dispense justice uh, equitably and equally, I should say equally. And then pass it if we get the Senate back. Now, you're right. If we don't have the Senate, we pass it out of the House. It will pass out of the House. And then it'll die in the Senate. They'll never take it up. Hopefully, you can pass it out of the Senate. And then force Biden's hand. Okay, if you, you want to veto it, veto it. But at least then the American people know what you're doing and how you're gaming the system. And then you'll have to be held. You and your party will be held to account come 2024. Yeah, but it's already against the law to apply justice uh, unequally. It's already against the law to maliciously prosecute somebody. It's already against the law to uh, to um, go after somebody purely because of their political beliefs. So you pass another law, how will that change anything? I mean, this is the, I'm, I'm telling you, this is where people are thinking right now. It's like it. No matter what happens, it's not going to matter. And I think that threatens the very health and the very survival of the republic. No, there's no doubt. But you have to enforce the laws that are already on the books, number one, you're right. But oh, we could also tie in uh, their funding. The FBI is a federal agency. The FBI gets their money from uh, allocations and appropriations from Congress. So you can start hurting their pocket. They love that. They're little thiefdoms, right? They love their, their money. They want their autonomy. And then they clearly are – what the FBI has become, and what I'm afraid of because I'm seeing this in the military as well, it's becoming a, a branch of the Democratic Party. I mean, when we were growing up, I thought the FBI was unimpeachable. 
And now I did too. That, I did too. That, yeah, that was the reputation that they had. It's like if you really had something a beef and you didn't trust local law enforcement, you went to the FBI because there was a trust there, there was a respect there, and that is eviscerated. That is gone, uh, and deservedly so, quite frankly, because of their actions. So you, when you you have the power of the purse in the House of Representatives, you need to use it. But that assumes that the Congress passes a budget in regular order instead of this never-ending series of continuing resolutions that just keep kicking the can down the road. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They haven't had the budget in years. It's just these uh, these spending bills. But, you know what? You add it to the spending bill, and you cut their uh, money. That will get their attention. If you do these things and continue to do these things, you're not going to get the funding that you are used to. We're going to dramatically reduce it. And the first thing we need to do, this is a little bit off topic, but those 87,000 IRS agents, we need to literally defund them the very first thing we do come January. Assuming that you get the, assuming, assuming that I know the House will do it, do you need a, a filibuster proof majority in the Senate to do that? Not necessarily because you could tie it, you could do it through reconciliation and a spending bill. So um, that's hopefully, we, we, but we need 51 Republican senators. Well, we do need that. So let me, in the, in the minute or so that we have left, how are you, and tell, I know you, you have to cheerlead, but just tell the truth. How do you handicap our odds, the, the odds of the Republicans taking the Senate? What do you think? No, I, I, in all honesty, I'll be very frank with you. I think that we're going to have 234 seats in the House. That's my number. I don't know. We'll, we'll see if I. If so I you're setting the over under at 230, setting the over under at 234. <laughs> Okay. Well, what are you, Paul? Are you over or under on the two thirty four? I'd be an I, I'd be an over at two thirty four. I I think the house is I, I've sensed a lot of movement uh, in in congressional districts. So a lot of it you having to do with Texas here. I think some Texas districts that have never been Republican or can go Republican here in Texas. Well, pra- praise praise Jesus, I hope you're right. And then on the Senate, I think we're going to get fifty one. I think we win Nevada. I think we win Georgia. Um, Got, I'm worried about. I'm, I'm worried about Georgia. I'm worried about Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. I'm a little, little concerned with, but uh, Oz is is coming on in Pennsylvania. He's still, I think, slightly behind, but his momentum is there. We'll defend North Carolina and we'll defend Wisconsin, and you just need to net pick up one. Uh, so I, I think because Nevada would be a flip, and if we can hold Georgia, or I think we'll get there. Arizona's going to be a little tougher, but it's. In the well, listen, as we say from your mouth to God's ears, Congressman, we appreciate it. Um, we, the, the, you know, as, as Lincoln said, it's chiseled into the, into the wall on your right as you look at the statue at the, at the Lincoln Memorial. The occasion is piled high with difficulty, and we must rise with the occasion. Amen. Amen. I mean, this is a critical – I mean, we say this, you know, this is the most critical election that we've ever had, that kind of thing. But it really – this one <laughs> – this is a this is this, we're at the precipice, and, and we really need everybody to go out there and vote. And uh, let's win this one for uh, you know what? Let's put America first. How simple is that? Sim, it is very simple. Congressman Pat Fallon from the uh, great state of Texas, Texas Four, up on the just south of the Red River, um, the seat once occupied by the uh, by the Speaker of the House, Sam Rayburn. Congressman Pat Fallon, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Paul. God bless. There he goes, Pat Fallon from Texas, Paul Gleiser from Texas, filling in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. More of the show and your calls at 888-788-9910 are coming up just around the corner. Don't go away. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
It is Fox Across America. Paul Glines, you're sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. I want to hear from you at 888-788-9910. Listen, I want to hear from you also at a, at a weekly column that I write called YouTellMeTexas.com. YouTellMeTexas.com. Back in the summer, back in June, I wrote a piece there, and I'm looking at it here right now. I said, talking about, you know, if on the outside, it looks as if things are back to normal following COVID. But I asked the question, beneath a thin veneer of what looks like normal, is there a, now an America that can no longer get anything right? You know, once thought to be a relic of the 1970s, inflation is back with a vengeance. The oil and gas industry stands hobbled by Biden administration policy, even as gasoline prices are again on the rise. As America struggles to afford gas to drive to work, um, the Biden administration said out loud that he doesn't know what to do about it, except release oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Uh, parents of newborns still having trouble getting baby formula. Crime's up by double, in some cases triple digits, in cities all across America. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of poor, uneducated migrants illegally entering the country every month, causing un told problems. Is this a country that can no longer get it right? Want to hear from you. I, I hope not. I don't think so. I think we can still get it right, but I want to hear from you. 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. As I say, we got a big show coming up. Uh, the third hour, we have from the great state of Texas, Ken Paxton won a big decision in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals yesterday on the subject of immigration. All of that and more coming up starting in the second hour of Fox Across America. It's next. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Absolutely it is. Jimmy Fallon's uh, out today. He's on his way to Oklahoma. It's Paul Gleiser from Texas filling in. I'm here at KTBB, proud Texas affiliate of uh, Fox Across America here in the market of Tyler Longview, Texas, and proud to be on the show today taking your calls at 888-788-9910. So immigration is rocking the world of Democrats, those that are in vulnerable districts like some of our own congressmen here in Texas, where the, where the immigration problem is actually a real thing here in Texas. It's not some abstract, faraway problem for those faraway Texans. That rocked Biden world. OPEC rocked Biden world yesterday with the announcement that OPEC is cutting daily oil output by 2 million barrels. This is really, really simple. Uh, reduce supply, keep demand the same, price goes up. If you're the if you're the brother in the frat house that has the last six-pack of Corona, you can name your price. So that means after weeks after proudly telling us that the enlightened energy policies of the administration were bringing down the price we pay for gasoline, prices are again on the rise, and those increases are coming. And, and no doubt going to be uh, even steeper as market price is the market prices in reduction in supply. It couldn't be more ill-timed for a Democratic administration that's hoping to avoid getting smeared in the midterm elections that are only a bit more than a month away. Now, look, get you got to understand this. You have to understand this. Most of the time, Biden and company are just fine with rising gasoline prices. They believe idiotically and with no supportable real-world basis for that belief, that higher gasoline prices will result in all of us running out 
to get a zero-emissions electric vehicle. Never mind that generating the electricity to charge those vehicles will require to the tune of about 80% of total demand the burning of coal and natural gas. Never mind that mining for lithium and cobalt necessary to make EV batteries has enormous impact on the environment. And never mind that most people who are already struggling to get by as it is amid rising prices for literally everything... Uh, can't afford an electric vehicle. The Biden team is all about electric vehicles and high gas prices until they're not, except when there's an election on the line. Then they're all about helping working families by bringing down the price at the pump. And toward that end, we are all treated to a huge helping of White House word salad. Here's White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre. It's cut eight. Look, it's clear that OPEC Plus is aligning with, with Russia with today's announcement. And, and I'll leave it, I'll leave it as, as, as that, as, as I just laid out. Uh, you know, we're dealing with a time uh, where we're, uh, we are, you know, the global markets, uh, are, the global economy is responding uh, to Putin's war. Oh, so it's Putin's fault. Well, I mean, why not? Donald Trump was Putin's fault. Hunter Biden's laptop from hell is Putin's fault. High gas prices must be Putin's fault as well. But wait, well, hold it, wait, wait, maybe it's not Putin's fault. No, 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 not this time. It's the oil company's fault. Here's KJP again, cut 10. President is once again calling on, on US, U.S. energy companies to keep bringing pump prices down by closing the hist- historically large gap between wholesale and retail, ga- retail gas prices. In light of today's actions, uh, action, the president... The, the president's administration will also consult with Congress on additional tools and authorities to reduce OPEC's control over energy prices. Kareen, 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 sweetheart, baby, here's an idea. If you want to reduce OPEC's control over any energy prices, we have a template. It was working in 2018, 2019, and 2020. It can work again. Here's what it is. Get a pen. Write this down. Increase oil and gas production here in the United States. Hello? We were energy independent for the first time in the lives of the vast majority of living Americans for a while there during the last three years of the Trump administration, OPEC had no practical control over our energy markets and over the price that we pay for gasoline at the pump. We, us, the U.S., we were the market makers for petroleum. We were the masters of our own energy destiny. This is not hard. It's simple. If you want to reduce OPEC's dominance of the energy markets, produce oil that's sitting right underneath your feet. Go back to the policies of bad orange man and we can be energy independent again. But no, the president has a plan. Here it is. He's going to release oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Here's Kareen once again. It's cut 11. At the president's direction, the Department of Energy will deliver another 10 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to the market next month. As part of the historic 180 million barrel release, the president ordered back in March. And the president will continue to direct SPR releases as necessary. Uh, but, uh, 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 but wait, flashback. We're not going to re- re- release any more oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Here she is. 
Cut 12. So we're not considering uh, new releases releases from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve uh, beyond the 180 million, which is what you're talk, speaking about, about the 1 million, uh, that the president announced months ago. We, we don't have anything more to share or we're not going to be uh, considering new releases. Really? Okay. Look, this is not energy policy. It's chaos. Worse, it's unserious. It takes into account at the rate of exactly zero the impact that high gasoline prices have on the lives of the very people that Democrats say they care about the most. That would be, put this in quotes, hardworking American families and minorities and the poor. Economic problems like inflation and recession can, can, be ha- can happen. They can occur because of uncontrollable events. Wars break out. Natural disasters happen. Those can have economic consequences. But most of the time, recessions and inflation are caused by bad policy. And today we don't have merely bad. We have industrial strength idiotic. Our pain today at the pump at the grocery store, at the lumber yard, at Target, at Costco, every place we go to buy things is almost totally self-inflicted. The one thing that Biden could do to ease the suffering of those Americans he claims to care about the most is to take the handcuffs off the American energy industry that he put on beginning almost literally on his first day in office. This, it just doesn't have to be like this. We can fix it. 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Love to hear from you when I do the show. So we're going to go to the phones right now. Vince in northern Arizona. I'm Vin, we lost Vince. Donnie in St. Clairsville, Ohio. On the subject of well, immigration or energy policy, you pick. Both of them are being badly mishandled. You're up. Go, Donnie. Good afternoon there, Mr. Paul. I sure appreciate your uh, show. And Fox News, Listen Across America, is a great show. Everybody should listen to it. And from listening to you and the former congressman from Texas, I think you should run for position as president or senator or vice president <laughs> because you got a lot of answers. Oh, my goodness. You know, people, I've had a couple of people say that. You know, I can't afford the pay cut. Because I would actually just yeah. live. On, I would just live on what they pay me. I wouldn't cash in because I'm. My mama raised me better than that, so I can't go be a member of Congress because uh, I it won't afford my lifestyle. Well, I appreciate that answer, sir. But you could help make America great again. <laughs> well, thank you for that. So, what, so Donnie, what's on your mind? Uh, and I'd like to first address the issue about uh, securing the borders and the southern borders. Yes, sir. And that's been a problem from the beginning of time, from before Columbus discovered America. And when they came across the pond, they called it the ocean, Atlantic Ocean, and they came to a land. And I think the congressman was saying from Texas that when people come into a person's house and leave the door open, uh, get all kinds of problems coming to the land. So that's the first problem they came across. They came into a land where they had people living here and just took the land and stole the land from them, killed them, and then called it my land. So that's the problem. We need to secure the borders from not all people. People over here now are not natives that just immigrated over here. So if they immigrated over here, why shouldn't the people who were chased off the land, went down to Mexico, be able to come back to their land? That would be my first problem. question about security, but don't ask, I don't need an answer to that one. But as far as the energy problem, as far as the Trump, yeah, he was a good president, very good president. He destroyed the land. He said, let's drill all everywhere. Let's make earthquakes in Oklahoma. Let's okay, put the water back on. on the ground. 
Oh, yeah, put the, put the water back in the ground. I mean, I'll let you speak. Let me speak. Let's put, put the water back in the ground and cause earthquakes in Oklahoma, which never happened before. So we don't care about the land. Let's destroy it, take what we can take from it, give to the rich. America is not a bad country. The ones in high places, the evil ones who run this country, they, they run the country and destroy the land and move to it. Probably trying to get to the moon now on them spaceships. But see, the thing is, we need to make America great and do the right thing. When we do the right thing, we can make America great again. Okay, so what, uh, Donnie, what's your prescription for a working mom, a single mom? She's got two kids. She's working to the point of exhaustion to keep the kids fed and clothed and in school. And she's having to pay four or five dollars a gallon for gasoline in order to get to work. And she can't, aff- can't afford it. What's your fix for that, Donnie? Okay, I will say the money that we spend on the war. For, let's say the Navy. The Navy don't make a ship. Let's say the Air Force don't make a plane. All that money goes to the rich people. Take that money and put it back into the American pockets, and then she can afford to get a job to pay not minimum wages, but get pay what she's worth. And now she can afford gas, afford food, afford a reasonable okay, house. Okay, so... So let me let me understand you. So instead of you know funding the Department of Defense, instead of you know the things that the government is currently spending money on, to which you object, you say just hand. Well, let's call her Darlene. She's out there. She's trying to make trying to make ends meet. Just hand her money, and that'll fix the problem. Uh, not correct. Instead of funding, we need to fund the military. But coming around to funding the military who goes into the Congress pockets, who fund the money to their friends, who are rich, powerful people who mix, like Dick Cheney, who feeds the military, pull all that money from the military into their pockets, put it back into the American people's pockets. So no, so no, no, so wherever you get the, so wherever you get the money, whether from from whatever source, you simply hand it to Darlene there. Uh, not correct. The money comes from federal money. Take that federal money instead of giving to people who. They say lobbying the congressman. They bribe the congressman. Take that money, put it back into the system. Give Darling a good job. Her job well, where she's working at. But government doesn't. Job, but government her. doesn't give jobs. Government doesn't give jobs. No, no. Don't give her a job. Don't give her a job. Now, Paul, what you do is take that money and allow Darlene to get a job that pays. Let's say, let's say at Walmart, where they can pay her instead of twelve dollars an hour, which is pennies on a dollar. Let's pay her twenty-five dollars an hour, which she's worth. Now she can well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. come on, come on, Donnie. Let's pay her fifty dollars an hour if we just you know, if we can just arbitrarily no, no, no. set let's, her salary. Let's be, let's be reasonable. Well, now let's be reasonable. Now we don't want to go. Well, who decides high. what's who decides what's reasonable? All right, what's reasonable is this: when a person labor their life, they give up every day on a job eight hours. What's reasonable is at least give them what they should have to make a living. That's what's reasonable. Not, well, let's not define too let, far let's, out of line, not too less, but right in the middle. Okay, so who's going to who's going to set that number? Well, the paper, Congress should do it. Congress the should, do should it. sign okay. off on it. Yeah, representatives. Those who represent the people say we represent the people. Uh, not really, because you've been bribed. You represent the people high in places, got plenty of money. You represent the corporation owned by people. That's what you represent. You don't represent the people. Uh, okay, so good. so Congress is going to decide what the guy that owns the car wash. In uh, in Tempe, Arizona, where Darlene works, Congress is going to decide, and she works there. She's the she's the cashier. She's the one you when you get you, after they hand you your little ticket when you drive into the car wash. She's the one that you know that handles the transaction and gives you your receipt so you can claim your car. Congress is going to tell the guy that owns that car wash how much he can pay Darlene. Is that your is that what you're telling me, Donnie? 
No, sir. That's, that's well, it sure sounds that's like a it. a good example. Well, here's a good example. Congress will say this, Mr. Car Wash Man. Now, Darlene, she can't probably didn't get a good education because the system is get, get against it because the education costs too much money. Well, other countries give you free education here, and that money is already here, but you spend it in other places. So let's pick Darlene now and give her a chance, her new Darlene daughter come up, give her a chance to get an education that's well worth her, who she is, then she can go out and get a job. But in the meantime, that mm-hmm. Darlene, she's in a bad place because the country done messed over her, and she's stuck in a position. But we can do it this. Let's but give you just her told me you just told me that we can tell we can we can pay her more money just arbitrarily. You just told me we can do that. So we, let's no, pay her. Let's, let's let's say twenty. Let's just say it's thirty dollars an hour. Can we agree? We need to pay her thirty dollars an hour to handle your transaction at the car wash. Does that seem right to you? Seem like a well, good number to you. I mean, we're picking man, a number. Not a good number because the man at the car wash would go out of business. So another well, okay, well, the, what he can afford. All right. You know what, Donnie? This is this is a fun call, and I wish we could keep going, but I've got up against a break. But I'm really glad you called because I, I really am. I appreciate appreciate your your perspective on this. Couldn't possibly disagree with it more, but I'm really glad you called. Thanks for being a part of Fox Across America, a program which will continue with Paul Glazer sitting in for Jimmy Fela after this break. I hope you'll stick around. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. One of the pioneers of uh, talk radio uh, way back when in the 60s and 70s was a guy in Dallas named Ed Bush. And when he got a call like what we just had from Donnie from St. Clair, Ohio, at the end of it, in order to really express his his thoughts on Donnie or a caller like Donnie, he would go, (coughs) a little bell he kept. I brought the bell into the studio in case we get another call like Donnie. It's Paul Glyser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. I want to hear from you at 888-788-9910. Blake in Tyler, Texas, you're up on Fox Across America. Hello, Blake. Hello. Hey, um, I'm going to speak to what Donnie was saying. When a, right. when, a gover- when a government affects price controls, wage controls, caps, and such, what you have in the end is like the Soviets had in in the last day. De- uh, couple decades you have empty shelves with a lot of product that would have been priced right but it's not there because what happens is the people who have the insider information of when it's delivered to the store they 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 buy as much as they can so they can put it on the black market for twice the price and um it just all falls apart i mean look what happens now putin's complaining about the soviet states and everything well they caused all that with their system now they've gone back to marketing. Market economy is the only thing that can autocorrect itself, and the government is only getting in the way. Well, let me tell you something, Blake. Free market, Blake, free, uh, free market capitalism is like anything else that, that, that human beings put together, imperfect. And there are a lot of problems with free market capitalism. But with that said, the free market capitalism that got established when the United States began operating under its current constitution on March the 3rd of 1789. Free market capitalism has lifted more people out of poverty and freed more people from the chains of bondage than any other economic system 
ever devised. And it is the reason that you have all these people that are pouring into the United States. It's the, They want to come here and get a piece of it. We do live in the greatest country in the world. And all other all, all attempts to do come up with any uh, any sort of other economic system, they always fail. Blake, you make a really, really good point. Can I make one what more you say point is real abs- quick? Yeah, you yeah. got about five seconds yeah, to make uh, what it. You think, yeah, um, if you have uh, 100 heads in Washington making all the decisions that uh, 100,000 heads all right. in the public would. Yep. Absolutely true. Blake, appreciate it. That's we got to go. More Fox Across America is coming up. It is Fox Across America. I'm Paul Gleiser from the great state of Texas filling in for Jimmy Fallon. And as the show progresses today, I want to hear from you at 888-788-9910. Right now, we are hearing from, I promised you, a Texas-centric show, not because I'm chauvinistic about Texas, but because Texas is on the bleeding edge of so much of what's going on in the country. From the state of Texas, Cassie Garcia, Republican Congressional District 28 candidate to unseat longtime Democrat Henry Cuellar. Cassie, welcome to Fox Across America. Hi, good afternoon. I'm so honored to be with you on today. Well, thank you. Listen, you you've taken. Uh, we were talking. Uh, the, the producers and I were talking during the uh, during the break before you came on. Uh, it's a long putt to win this uh, for a for a Republican to win this district, but it's not an impossible putt. What do you say? You know, this is a winnable and a flippable seat, and the people are ready for change in this district. You know, I'm running against a longtime incumbent, Henry Cuellar, uh, who's actually been in office since I've been in kindergarten, and who's also facing a serious uh, criminal investigation for corruption. So I think people are tired. They're waking up, and they're ready for a better way forward for District 28. It's a border district. Paint the picture for people that don't live near the border. Paint the picture of a border district uh, in Biden's America. Mm-hmm. So right now we're seeing the worst Biden border crisis we've ever seen. And my husband is a Border Patrol agent who has served this great country for 26 years. And, you know, uh, the National Border Patrol Council, who's always endorsed Henry Quare every cycle, they've endorsed my race because they believe in me. At the end of the day, uh, we, have a, we have a border crisis, we have a humanitarian crisis, we have a fentanyl crisis, and we have a leadership crisis at the White House. And the Democrats have done nothing. And people are, are waking up. I'm talking to voters on the ground throughout the district. And this district's been Democrat controlled for 110 years. So people are, are sick and tired of what they're seeing with the economy, inflation, an unsecure border, and taxpayers are having to foot this bill. And it's not right. It's not right. And so, uh, like I said, uh, people are, are ready to vote a better way forward, to vote for Kathy Garcia, who's going to provide true representation. And we talk about the values. Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco values do not align with those here in South Texas of faith, family, freedom, and hard work. You know, for, first of all, I'm, I'm going to press you a little bit. The border policies, how do they, how does unchecked massive illegal migra- migration impact day-to-day life for the ordinary working people in your district? What, what is the practical impact of all of this illegal immigration? So we're seeing at the local levels, you know, the cities, uh, the hospitals uh, are being overwhelmed. The school districts are being overwhelmed. You're seeing bailouts. You're seeing 
for the first time in Laredo, Texas, we usually see gotaways and uh, single adult males. We're actually seeing family units. And last week we saw 250 family units. That's the first time ever. The cartel has a, a, a tight grip in Laredo around the border there. It's a billion-dollar industry. And so you see a lot of the, the foot traffic. You're seeing most of it coming out of the Rio Grande Valley, out of uh, Star County, out of Eagle Pass. And we see a lot of human smuggling in Laredo that happens. You talk about that tractor-trailer that went through Laredo. So it's impacting everybody. People are losing their lives. The people that are coming to live the American dream are paying the cartels of, of thousands of dollars. And, uh, you know, every single day I'm traveling throughout our district, I'm having to be very careful. Uh, the other day, last week, I saw three bailouts. And people don't know what a bailout is. People, yeah, what is, a, what is a bailout? Oh, yeah, let me tell you what a, ba- a bailout is. Basically, when there's a, a human smuggler who is, uh, has maybe nine, ten uh, migrants in their vehicles and they're, they're, they're evading uh, DPS or Border Patrol, and then they end up uh, crashing into a fence or crashing into another vehicle, and then they run out and they're running through the field uh, so they don't get caught. And so I saw that firsthand, and I see that every day, but that's, that's what we're seeing in South Texas. And, you know, other networks and people are not talking about what's happening at the border, but it's serious. I've, I've grew up in the Rio Grande Valley for the past 36 years. I've never seen the border a mess. And, you know, we've got Halloween coming up, and I'm talking to voters who are telling me, Kathy, um, my kids are going to go trick-or-treating, but my wife has already bought bags of candy so when the kids come home uh we're going to when the kids are not looking we're going to replace their candy with new candy because we don't know if it's laced with fentanyl sweet tarts nerds and we want to make sure that our kids wake up and that's the panic that we're seeing in the district you know people are concerned about the fentanyl that's coming through our border i think uh up until recently the leaders of the democrat democratic party have simply assumed that Hispanics are a safe voting bloc, that Hispanics are going to be overwhelmingly voting Democratic. What do you say? You know, the Democrat Party has left the Hispanic community. They've gone so far left. They've abandoned. They've taken the Hispanic vote for granted for so long. Um, the District 28 is about 80 percent Hispanic, 40 percent Catholic. Uh, I can tell you right now, people are waking up and they're talking. They're looking at their checkbooks and they're saying, you know what? The Democrat Party is for open borders, for, uh, uh, you know, they, they support, you know, uh, they don't support legal immigration. And also, we talk about Latinx. We're not Latinx, and they call us tacos. You know, they, they <laughs> want to describe us. And, you know, some people might say, you know. Uh, you know, you're, you no, you're, you're, a bre- you're a breakfast taco, according to I'm Jill Biden. Breakfast, I, I'm a, and she came into San Antonio, spoke at a Latinx inclusion. We don't know what that is. And so we were all unique, beautiful breakfast tacos. I love tacos. But I don't want to be described as a breakfast taco. But you can go to NoBuenoBiden.com and buy your own unique as a taco T-shirt. <laughs> Listen, um, but, I'm, about, I'm about as I'm about Anglo as you can get, and I like tacos. Yeah, you know? I love tacos too. But we don't want to be described as tacos, you know. So if you look at the Democratic Party and the platform right now, they have left. We're, they've left the Hispanic community. They've gone so far left. And, you know, in, 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 in South Texas, we want a strong and secure border. We support legal immigration. We have the number one land port of entry, 16,000 commercial trucks going up I-35 every day. And so uh, we're all about the party of opportunity, hard work, um, and a family and freedom. And that's why I'm running for Congress is to defend faith and freedom. And when we are victorious come November 8th, 
I will be the first Latina female to ever represent this great district that's been Democrat controlled for 110 years. People are waking up and people are going to, to lead right and they're going to vote uh, Republican come this November. We're going to see more Hispanics. We're going to see more Democrats vote Republican. We are talking to swing voters, Democrats, and we're talking about kitchen table issues that are affecting everyday Americans. And I'll tell you one more thing. Henry Cuellar voted uh, to, we have an inflation issue problem right now. He voted for a bill to make inflation worse. We don't need 87,000 more IRS agents. We need 87,000 more Border Patrol agents, more custom officers, and more security school officers for our schools. Cassie Garcia, Republican candidate for the 28th District of Texas, running against uh, Henry Cuellar. The time that we have left here, Cassie, you know, you're a Republican. Did you, did, were you raised that way, or did you, in the course of your coming of age, change? No, so I actually grew up in a conservative household. My parents are Hispanic. I grew up in a conservative household. I went to church. The, the, the far right, uh, the New York Times painted me as a far right Latina because I grew up in a conservative household. But those are the values I was raised with. But you know what? Those values, many in South Texas, that's how they're raised. But they've always voted Democrat. But now with the Hispanic uh, RNC Center, that is the Hispanic Community Center that are out in Laredo, McAllen, and San Antonio, uh, they're doing a ton of outreach. We're doing a ton of outreach right there, talking. To the voters about the issues and i meet voters that tell me cassie you know what i've been democrat my whole life but i'm looking at your values and what you stand for those are my values too so we're seeing that so i i you know i knew my parents just i went to church they told me you know uh, we talked about ronald reagan and i just you know i followed them and and uh, they were my great you know i love them so much and I'm, I'm the first in my family to go to college and i'm living the american dream and i want to preserve that for the people of south texas the american dream well, I, listen, we here wish you every success, Cassie, because that would be a great pickup uh, for uh, the state of Texas and for the Congress and for the Republican Party. And it would be a, a it, it would send a very clear signal to the Democrats that you can no longer take Hispanic voters for for granted and that you're going to okay. have to actually represent their family centric values. The That's right. Demo- Democrats don't want to do that. Cassie, we wish you every success. Upon your success, we want you to be a frequent guest of this show. Do you promise to do that? I promise. You can have me on every day. I will talk to you. And I just want you to know that we are excited. We're motivated. We're Americans first, and we love this country so much. So so thank you for having me on. And if anybody wants to get involved, go to CassieForCongress.com. Cassie, they'll spell, make sure they get it, C-A-S-S-Y, correct? That's correct. C-A-S-S-Y for Congress.com if you want to support Cassie Garcia and her bid to unseat long, 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 long-time Democrat Henry Cuellar in the 28th District of Texas. Cassie, we wish you every success, and thanks for being a part of Fox Across America. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. It's Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. Let me give you the plan for the rest of the program. We have another guest coming up after the break, which we're going to take shortly. She is yet another Republican congressional uh, candidate looking to unseat an incumbent Democrat. We're going to talk to her name. Her name is Catherine uh, Catalina Lauf. And then after that, at the top of the third hour, it's going to be you and me and the phones at 888-788-9910 on the docket today. We've talked about 
the chaos that is immigration. We've talked about the, the chaos that is American energy policy. We can talk about any of the other chaos that's going on, crime, inflation, Energy, anything you want to talk about in those veins, 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. We'll have more of the program with you coming up next. Taking the edge off one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Hey, while I have your attention, I'm Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America. would like to call your attention to my weekly column at youtellmetexas.com. And we named it that because I say what's on my mind. You leave your comments and say what's on your mind. That's at youtellmetexas.com. I hope you'll check it out. hope you'll subscribe. On the line right now, we have, as our guest here on Fox Across America, yet another congressional candidate, another female looking to unseat a longtime Democrat. It's Catalina Lauf from the uh, from the 11th District of Illinois. Catalina, welcome to Fox Across America. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Glad to have you. Listen, you know, we, we, there are people that are saying, depending on which poll you read, depending on who you talk to, which pundit and which side of the table that pundit sits on and all those prejudices that get in the way of rational thought. We say it's a Republican wave election or the Republicans are going to squeak out a narrow victory in the House and have no shot at the Senate. Which of those is is the correct answer for you? Yeah, so I'm in a swing district here, and I will tell you every day that I'm on the ground, there are people who, A, have never been involved in politics before, are getting involved now. And, and B, the, the climate from a ground perspective, there's a lot of momentum. And I'll tell you why. The economic issues, the economy that is in chaos right now, our supply chains are still slow. I've got restaurant owners. I've got small business owners. I have people who are so concerned with the rising inflation from construction to the agricultural industry. It is impacting everybody. Moms, parents, the grocery bills are continuing to soar. Gas prices are now uh, increasing as well. Everybody is so upset with the way that this administration and the Democrat-controlled Congress has handled the economy by voting and spending our taxpayer money when there are real people who are hurting out there and it has to end and people are very very concerned but they're excited to get a new uh, republican controlled congress because they know that republicans will will push back against the spending will balance the budget and will make sure that we're implementing pro-growth economic policies so that all americans win well, let me. Here's the thing. You say that that we know that. I think there's a little cynicism out there. Republicans have been in control before, and let, let, I've voted Republican my entire life. I give to Republicans. I'm a Republican, but Republicans have an amazing talent for blowing it. How do we not blow it this time? I love that you asked that, and I will tell you that there's a new generation of Republicans that are up and coming, and I'm so proud and humbled to be a part of that new class. You know, for so long, people have been sick of both sides of the aisle, and there are too many career politicians. That's why we need things like term limits. But I think it comes down to uh, everyday Americans, outsiders like myself and other candidates across the country now that are simply running because we want to make change. We want to be public servants. And I am so confident that this new class 
of Republicans is not going to be just the way that it's been status quo. You know, we're more diverse than ever. Our districts are changing. It's just a new wave of new generational leadership. And I'm, again, so proud to be a part of that wave. And you will see what we accomplish once we get in there. It's not going to be what you actually, you know, what the past has shown us. And and we're actually going to make change. And I'm really proud to know a lot of other candidates who, who are just like me, outsiders, who want things like term limits, don't want to be career politicians. We're simply everyday motivated Americans that want to change our districts because we're sick and tired of what politics has become. You know, we here in Texas, Cassie, we see uh, license plates from out of state. We see a whole lot of California plates. Uh, we see New York plates, and we also see Illinois plates, people that have left. What do you say about that? You know, it's sad. This state has been run into the ground by Democrat leadership. You know, we have soaring crime rates. Again, we're uh, we're last from an economic growth perspective when you look at all the states nationally. But things are changing here. You know, people, there are a lot of us that that love Illinois and we are we have to stay whether we're businesses are here or our families are here and this state is worth fighting for you know the Midwest is mighty but it needs new leadership for so long both Republicans and Democrats at the state level have really destroyed this state and so again you know we're we're in this time where disruption needed to happen and again I'm so proud to be a, a candidate this cycle here in a state like Illinois because there's so much here that is so powerful that if we put in the right policies with the right messengers and the right leadership, we really can change things. So while it's been very disappointing to see the exodus, uh, I do believe that we are living in an era where we will uh, revive and revitalize. And and we just need some time to band together and Illinoisans have to get out and make sure that their voices are heard. We need to hold the line for those of us who cannot leave this state. It's our state. We control government. We are self-governed people. It's time that our voices are heard here. Catalina Laufra, kind of a Republican candidate uh, for the 11th Congressional District of Illinois. And in the minute that we have left, Catalina, you know, it, if the Republicans retake the House, and if uh, they can squeak out a narrow victory in the Senate, as a practical matter, what do you hope to get done when you still have a Republican president? Got a minute. Number one, uh, reining in the economy, making sure that we're implementing pro-growth policies uh, at, a, at a federal level. Number two, securing uh, the border and focusing on thoughtful immigration reform. My mother came here legally from Central America. I'm a second generation uh, Latin American, and we must uh, make sure that our border is safe and secure, stop the, the labor, drug, sex trafficking that's happening, help put federal resources down there, but then also think about thoughtful immigration reform. All uh, right. This administration has incentivized illegal immigration, and it needs to end. Catalina Luff, running for Congress, the 11th District of Illinois. Catalina, we wish you the very best. Thanks for being a part of Fox Across America. And the third hour of the show is coming up after the break. Stay with us. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Oh, yes, it is. Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here in Hour 3 of the show. Hey, Jimmy's going to be back tomorrow. He's in Oklahoma today, be doing his show from Oklahoma tomorrow. But right now, I'm doing the show from Texas, and I'm taking your calls at 888-788-9910. Listen, for for this segment, for this half hour, it's you and me and what's on your mind at 888-788-9910. We might as well start that right now. Let's go to Denver, Colorado. Ellen, you're up on Fox Across America. Hello, Ellen. Hi. Yes, uh, my name is Ellen from Denver. Yes. I have been a Republican all my life. I'm 77 years old. Right. Uh, I'm homebound, so I listen to a lot of television, a lot of Fox News, but I do let CNN and MSNBC come in because I want to hear their view, too. Okay, but... I don't know what made me call today, because I've never done this in my whole life. <laughs> first, listen, there's a first time for everything, Ellen. You know, you, you, you had to have a first time for you, you, you. First kiss, first call to a talk show. Here we go. But here we go. I've been listening to what the Republicans want to do. They gave us the list a week ago or two weeks ago. Yeah. But I have heard nobody say what they're going to, how they're going to do this. What is going to be different when they receive, and God willing, the House and the Senate, what is going to be different on January 31st of 2023? Well, it's January the 3rd. It's January the 3rd of 2023. It's right at the start of the year. I have to give them time to get these bills done. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, that's that's a legitimate question, Ellen, because... We were told, and I, I don't want to do anything to rain on the on the Republican Party here 33 days from the midterm election. I want to support the Republican Party, but I want the Republican Party to be accountable. And we'll recall, they said, you know, we we, we, we got to have the House. you got to give us the House. So we gave them the House. No, 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 we got to have the Senate. we got to have the Senate. you got to give us the Senate. So we gave them the Senate. Man, we need the presidency. So in 2016, we gave them the presidency. We're supposed to then, the promise was we'll get rid of Obamacare. Obamacare is still around because when it when crunch time came, the in the Senate they couldn't deliver, and that's a it's a real legitimate criticism of the Republicans. And I just don't know how do, how do I find out from somebody, you know, um, what they what their plan is for a week or two after January third. Um, well, or you know, the, are they going to go in? Are they going to go into the House and the Senate? Because God willing, they're going to win. Um, they're going to go into the Senate. Are they going to have that bill in hand on January third? No, the because, answer the, the answer the answer is no. And the and the, and the real fact is, a, a freshman member of Congress is one of the most powerless people on the planet. Because know. Yeah. You, know, you, you have you have no power. You haven't been appointed to any committees yet. You have no standing. The leadership of the party doesn't really know you. You haven't made any connections. You know you don't have any real standing in the Congress until you've been there a term or two. So, but so you say, well, okay, they won't have a lot of impact. But a journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. You got to get them in there so they can be there long enough to start getting some some committee assignments and start getting some stroke. And that starts. With this election, we do need to flip the majority back to the to Republican hands, so that God willing, we have some Republican leadership. That God willing, will start, you know, taking some concrete action to to limit the leftward lurch that the country is engaged in. 
and a big part of that is is, is controlling the uh, the uh, capacity to subpoena and hauling members of the administration before congressional committees and grilling them on what what it is they have been doing and holding them to account. But I I understand about the freshmen coming in there. Um, I'm originally from New York, and I campaigned a lot for the Republican Party. Um, Unfortunately, it was the same um, uh, area where the... Our uh, crazy lady lives, <laughs> is representing. AOC? Um, yeah. Okay. And, but I campaigned a lot, so I know. I, I, I knew a lot about, you know, the, the freshman going in. But what about our old-timers? Can't they have uh, bills or something ready? Biden went in there and signed executive orders. Instantly, because he doesn't. Because he doesn't. Because you can have the bill ready. You still got to get it out of the Senate. You got, which means you got to control the Senate. And then once it leaves the Senate, it has to either be, a, if it's going to get out of the Senate, it has to do so on reconciliation. Because there's no way in the world you're going to have a filibuster-proof majority in the Senate. You know, we had a guest on earlier in the show, one of the members of people running for Congress, uh, uh, running for re-election, Pat Fallon, said, you know, he's thinking a 51 to 49 majority in the Senate. You can't beat the filibuster at 51-49. So... It's going to be there's no, it's going to be real hard with a with a democratic administration and a thin majority in the Senate. It's going to be real hard to get a whole lot of meaningful legislation pushed through. What what winning the House and the Senate will do is it'll put you in a better it'll put you in the prevent defense. It's not going to put you on offense, but you, at least you can stop some things that otherwise might happen. And and again, you have the you have the power of of uh, uh, committee appointments so that you can. You can bring, you can haul members of the administration before committees and hold them to account. That's the that's the most that you're going to be able to do in the two years from this from this midterm election, assuming that the Republicans uh, uh, prevail and, and take both houses. So, uh, at least their freshmen would have a chance then to get ready for when we put in a uh, a Republican president next time. Uh, as I say, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step, and the first step is November November the eighth. Retake control of the Congress, both chambers, House and Senate. House, I'm you know I'm not that worried about. Senate, it's a little bit little bit of a of a steeper hill to climb. Not that it can't be done, but it's not going to be as easy. You got it's a pretty pretty narrow path. You got to thread the needle. Uh, and we, Pennsylvania and Georgia are absolutely pivotal. You can't. You absolutely. There's no way if you don't win at least one of those two states. No way to retake the Senate. So it gets to be that thin. But you know, you put the Republicans in charge. Then you hope that oh, in the, while they have been sitting in here in in the in the wilderness, they learned something. That they they learned something about how to how to how not to screw it up this time. That's what you hope. Uh, Listen, I hope so. Ellen, I appreciate your call there in Denver. Blue state, kind of purplish blue state, Birkenstocky Colorado, which at one time was reliably red. You know, you're in a, you're in a fairly liberal state there, Ellen. Anyway, Ellen, appreciate your call. That frees up a line, 888-788-9910. You know, a whole, a whole lot of what's going on is driven by the fact that we have this slavish 
and, in my opinion, idiotic uh, devotion to the whole church of climate change. On a, you know, on a certain level, I find environmental wacko activists amusing. And, you know, I find it entertaining to listen to themselves make idiots of themselves, yapping about environmental justice. That's an actual term, and the sustainability of things like electric cars and uh, wind and solar electrical generation. And they, they, they pay, there's no thought given to the fact that the mining of cobalt, lithium, manganese, other rare earth metals used to make electric vehicle batteries is incredibly disruptive to the environment. And they never mind that the U.S. electric grid is nowhere close to having capacity to charge electric vehicles in sufficient numbers as to bring about a meaningful reduction in the use of gasoline and diesel fuel. And never mind that if the electric grid were to somehow be made magically capable of, of accommodating all those uh, all of those uh, electric vehicles, a hundred million electric vehicles, the vast majority of that incremental power generation would be fueled by natural gas or coal. And never mind that wind and solar will never generate more than a, a low double-digit, high single-digit percentage of the country's electricity demand. In lefty, greeny world, you flip the switch and the lights come on. It's so clean. It's so carbon neutral. It's just magic. So usually, like I say, I find the lefty greenies mildly amusing. But, you know, maybe not so much anymore because the whole greeny thing is about to become a whole lot less amusing. And if you don't believe me, take a look at Europe. It's going to be a long, cold, very expensive winter in Europe. And it's a, maybe a portent of things to come here. After pursuing blindly a green energy policy for a couple of decades, your Europeans' green chickens are coming home to roost. But plain and simple. Under the most optimistic projections of winter energy supplies in Europe, they're not going to be enough to meet projected demand. French President Emmanuel Macron said in a speech a few weeks ago, France has come to the end of its era of abundance. The citizens of Germany are actually hoarding firewood. Europe's winter looks grim. Utility bills for average working Europeans are going through the roof, and many will struggle to pay those bills. High energy costs, projected energy shortages, expected to have a profound impact on European industry and manufacturing. Higher costs for everything are inevitable. The lefties are, of course, going to blame it on Russia and the, and the invasion of Ukraine. And those disruptions are a factor, but the fact is, what's coming for Europe and what is on the horizon for us if we don't get ourselves straight is a textbook example of a politically driven, self-inflicted wound. Europe is paying the price for listening to the likes of Al Gore and Greta Thunberg, who at the age of 15 managed to radicalize Sweden's energy policy, a radicalization that spread across Europe. The left's aversion to oil and gas has gone from being, being merely silly to potentially deadly. And if you don't believe me, ask Elon Musk, the undisputed king of electric vehicles. He summed it up really nicely, simple sentence. He said, without oil and gas, civilization will crumble. So watch what happens in Europe very closely this winter. Uh, it, after, if you don't have a change in direction here, it could serve as a preview of things to come. 
Your thoughts on that here on Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser filling in, 888-788-9910. The show continues after the break. I hope you'll stick around. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, a quick shout out to Jay Philippone at uh, Fox Across America affiliate Connect FM in Dubois, Pennsylvania. Got your text, Jay. Thank you for listening. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Your calls at 888-788-9910. David in Fort Myers, Florida. Good gosh, David, I'm glad you could get a phone line out. You're up on Fox Across America. Hey, Paul. Thanks for uh, talking to me again. I talked to you previously before. A couple months ago, I think, about electric vehicles and whatnot. Well, your life is a lot uh, different now than it was a couple of months ago. Are you okay? Uh, yeah, we're. I mean, we're really lucky and fortunate. Um, you know, we got smacked around really hard. Um, we were actually ponied up in downtown Fort Myers. Um, my mother and father-in-law have a really secure, modern, second-floor condo. And... Uh, our house is older, has an older roof, so we thought we'd go there, you know, while it was what what feels like 10 hours of being in a subway that's coming off the rails. Wow. Just, I mean, just punishing, you know, hurricane shutters vibrating like a drum for 10, 12 hours straight. Um, but the well, storm what surge, I mean, there was like 16 foot of storm surge. There was flooding all over downtown. Um, but is, it, you know, it, what I'm, I guess I'm calling in to say that, you know, thanks to everybody that is helping us out and, you know, DeSantis is just a phenomenal leader. He's doing such great things and it's for the people, you know, whereas other people are VP or president, you know, they're more worried about their agenda and that sucks. Well, is it? I think it's not a stretch to say that Joe Biden and the administration would have us believe that if we were all today, all of us driving electric vehicles, um, Hurricane Ian wouldn't have happened. Yeah, you, you know, and it's it, it, when their focus is that, you know, true leaders come out and say, "We're here for the people," and that's what we need to focus on right now. Nothing else, and it's. I mean, could you imagine if we were stuck with solar panels and electric cars, the majority of the people in this state, you would only get 250 miles and you'd be stuck. This is Absolutely. not an answer. I mean, this is this is a threat to us. It, it's And it's insulting when, you know, there's people down here that are they're still finding bodies, women, children, men, and there's people committing suicide. Because they've lost everything. I cannot imagine, I, I simply cannot imagine having literally everything I own wiped off the map. I can't imagine that. How's your home? You know, and you guys in Texas go through this. I mean, you've had... Not, not like this. Not like what you've just gone like through. But there's still, it devastates people's lives. And it just, it makes me so mad when people, you've got to jab your agenda in there. You can't just take five minutes. And a, just yeah, for the people, uh, nothing else. 
a totally simplistic argument about, well, this is because of climate change, and that's why everybody, that's why the entirety of the of the of the fleet of vehicles in the United States needs to go electric, as if that's it, even possible. It, it, it's just yeah, and it, it, you know, when I look around and it's, I mean, it's literally like a bomb went off. I mean, luckily our. You know, we were far enough inland. We lost one window in the house, but some people in the neighborhood had roof damage and whatnot. But everybody's okay. But any of the coastal communities, I mean, you know, DeSantis did such a great job. The week before this ever happened, he declared a state of emergency for the whole coast of Gulf Coast of Florida. And people listened to it. And they watched the storm minute by minute by second. And he called the shots the way they should have been called he did great so you know anybody that rips on him for that just you know what you're not doing any of us a service down here well let me let me give you a little on helping the people let me give you a little glimpse into the future of what's coming uh david you know the, the you i don't have to tell you but a lot of people don't know what terrible shape the the home insurance market in florida is in they're going, to, they're going to be a lot of they're going to be a lot of people who file claims and and find out they're not going to get paid. Uh, they're going to be a lot of people that are truly, completely, totally wiped out. They are the the left is going to find a way to blame that on DeSantis. It's coming. Oh, oh yeah, and I, I mean you know like Harris's remarks on what she said. It's like. It, it, it doesn't matter for people that have lost lives or have lost everything they worked for, from, you know, black to white, men to women. It, we're all affected, from rich to poor. Well, it listen, David I, people. David, I could keep you on the line for the right to the end of the show, but no, I, up against, I I've got a, I'm up against a hard break at the bottom of the hour. Listen, our prayers are with you, uh, our thoughts are with you, and... God bless you and your neighbors and your family and everybody in that part of the world as you try to get back on your feet. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. More of the show's coming up. Please stay with us. It is Fox Across America. It is your show from now to the top of the hour. and We wrap up the third hour here. With Paul Glanger sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, the number to call if you'd like to be a part of the program is 888-788-9910. Let's get going. Chris in Longview, Texas, right here close to where I'm sitting. You're up on Fox Across America. Hello, Chris. Hello, hello. You know, as we put Republicans back into power, I have little confidence that they'll have the resolution to get anything done. We've seen it time and time again. It's very discouraging, um, and that's one reason why I'm even talking to myself here, as I do everyone else. Please, let's research and vote for these new Republican candidates that we've heard today. Um, I think that's where we're going to get the bang for our buck, because the incumbents are so oftentimes just impotent, honestly. Where is John Cornyn, by the way? Or does he have nothing to do with this southern border issue? Where's John well, Cornyn? It- well, you know, you you bring that for those that aren't familiar. John Cornyn is the uh, the senior senator from the state of Texas, and you know he's you know, he comes in for some for some criticism. Listen, I'll tell you this much, um, Chris: 
you know, you gotta you gotta stay positive. I don't know any successful pessimists. I just they I don't think they exist. You gotta stay optimistic. You gotta believe. You gotta encourage. You know, we've here on the show today. I've been talking to you know, to young, bright, fresh people who are men and women. The three once I've talked to both the two of the freshest voices I've talked to, but two women, Hispanic women, that I hope and think are going to be members of the next Congress, and they represent a fresh infusion, and that's a that's a great thing. There's some energy coming you- in. Glad you brought that up. I almost forgot as I let you go. Uh, I had to step out after Cassie for Congress. I heard some of the next uh, ladies' conversation, but I stepped out before it ended, and I didn't write down any info. Who was that? Catalina Lauf, L-A-U-F. She is running for the 11th District in Illinois. She, she like uh, Cassie, seeks to unseat a longtime Democrat, got a shot at doing it, could be a real pickup. Be one of those one of those seats we pick up in the house, you know. And I think you know it'll. I'm going to remain optimistic. I'm going to say that you know a, a chastened Republican Party has seen what seen what happens when you go squishy, uh, and it's been a, a long cold winter for the Demo- for the Republicans. And I I think there'll be some energy in this Congress. I really do. And that that energy energy is infectious. So I'm hoping for we good things. And with the right vote, we will get that. And in fact, these new people inspire me. They've got me, you know, worked up. We all need to research them. Um, so I am Paul. As I let you go, you are a powerful fill-in for anyone, oh. Jimmy. In this case, we we appreciate you as a fill-in, uh, Paul. Yes. Well, so, you're you're thank you're. you're you're very nice to say so, Chris, and I appreciate it. Good stuff from you. Thanks for calling. And that opens a line at 888-788-9910. Al in Traverse City, Michigan, you're next yeah, on Fox to, Across America. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment. Uh, one of your previous callers, you said that a freshman congressman is probably the one of the most powerless positions. That's not quite true. They can vote. You don't need yeah, they can vote. Seat. If you have a majority of votes, uh, agreeing with your previous caller here, I think we're going to see a red wave in November. That does not automatically mean a conservative wave. We need to you're staying positive with that. We need to make sure that when these people do vote, they vote conservative and don't vote with the leftist. Well, you know, let me tell you what I think on that. This is my opinion. It's worth exactly what you're paying for it. It's every penny you're laying out for this opinion, you're going to get your money's worth. And that is, I think that Trump had a had a lasting impact on the Republican Party, and I think Trump has pulled the squishy, mushy middle center of the Republican Party to the right. I don't think the critics say he's taken the party far right. I disagree with that. But I think the Republican Party of today, of 2022, is a more conservative Republican Party than it was before Donald Trump won the election in 2016. I do believe that. I agree with that. So toward that end, with a more conservative Republican Party and a less of a good old boy establishment Republican Party that was content to be uh, invited to the cocktail parties and to write gracious um, concession speeches. I think that Republican Party has been upended. I think we have a different Republican Party today. I certainly hope so because we need that. We, we need a disciplined, tough, principled 
Republican Party if it's going to become if we're going to pull the country away from this hard left hard left turn that we've taken in order to reverse that we need principled conservatives listen to Chris I mean Al I appreciate your call there in Traverse City we're moving on to the Northeast another Paul this one in Boston Massachusetts you're next on Fox Across America hello Paul Good afternoon, Paul. I agree. You're a great villain. Balanced, fair, and insightful. How are you, Buzz? I'm great, thank you, and I appreciate the kind words. What's on your mind? I'm actually out in Westfield, Mass., the home of the Little League World Champs. I'll tell you what's on my mind. I'm your producer, Michael, I had a good chat with, brought up something interesting and controversial. Uh, he said that Trump's mouth gets him in trouble. He's not the best candidate. And the thing at Mar-a-Lago, although it was a fiasco, he thinks he's going to work against him. And I have a different opinion just to do a quick summary of facts on Miralago, the FBI went there a month earlier, opened the safe, told them to put a padlock on the storage closet. That group of that went in there, they're the hatchet team. They always do these cases. The FBI had a bad time with them. They had a case thrown out. They were caught lying and fabricating. So when they went back there a month later, they brought bolt cutters because they were communicating. The low court magistrate gave them the search warrant. Uh, attorney Halligan said we were made to wait in the lobby. Then the attorney general gets on TV and said the attorneys were allowed to observe when they were made to wait in the lobby. <clears throat> they go in there with an egregious and reckless agenda. People recognize this, Paul. They went into uh, the attorney's office when Trump was president looking for evidence of financial fraud. They didn't find any, so they came out and released that Trump paid a hooker, which is egregious and reckless abuse of authority, abuse of process, derelict of duty. So the hatchet job they're doing on Trump, because Trump had the nerve. I'll tell you what, Paul, Trump was done when he was in the debate, and he blurted out they drew lines around the states for health insurance because organized fraud monopoly, boondoggle deals return on investments, loopholes and bylaws, kids are Congress's agenda. It's not a party of and for the people. It's a party of petty interest, personal agenda, and they're all multimillionaires with offshore accounts based on Nevada where you can't find the name. They use blocking corporations to bring their money back, and then they get reelected and do it all over again. It's a fiasco. How Mike thinks Trump's not the best candidate because of his mouth. How do you feel about those two separate opinions? Well, look, you know, you've got a lot to unpack there. Uh, do I think Donald Trump has been unfairly targeted multiple times and, and, and egregiously slow? Absolutely true. What's been done to Donald Trump should never be done in the United States in a in a in a in a democratic republic, uh, law-abiding country should never happen. And the right. fact that it did it puts us in a place where the where the country doesn't belong. I will say because right. I'm going to have to jump here. I've got to, I've got a call. I've got to take. But I will say this: for all of that, and I am a I am a Trump policy guy to my core. I thought Trump's policy positions and his policy execution was as close to perfection as you'll ever get in politics. I thought Trump was fantastic on policy. Nevertheless, I wish he wouldn't do things like name-calling Mitch McConnell's wife. I think that runs against his interest and against the interest of those of us who are conservatives who want to support him. And the rest, we got... You, you really you laid a lot of stuff out there, um, you know, Paul, and I wish we had more time for it, but I've got to jump. But bottom line is, I ask me tomorrow what or whether I think Trump ought to run in twenty twenty four. It'll be a different answer than I gave you today. I'm really on the fence about it. Appreciate your call. On the line with us, we have from the great state of Texas, Attorney Paxton. 
General, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for being a part of the program. Hey, I'm really glad to do it. Thanks for having me on. Listen, I want to I want to throw something out to, to you because we first of all the state of Texas and you had a big win uh, yesterday in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals on the subject of DACA and the Dreamers. But you know, and and we can get into, into the specifics of that. But from let's climb up to thirty thousand feet. I'm, what I'd like to talk to you about is the place that we are in the country where, for the first time in our history, the government is openly and unapologetically permitting and even encouraging the breaking of the law with respect to particularly immigration, and at the same time openly and with little apparent shame using the levers and the apparatus of law enforcement as a weapon against political opponents. We have a real problem with the law as we have understood it since our founding here in America today. What do you say? I'd say I agree with you. We're moving more to something like they you know, have in Russia or China. It's, it's where somebody like Biden makes decisions. He looks at the law and he says, we're not following that. We're going to actually do it my way. I don't, I don't have to follow the laws passed by elected representatives. And I'm going to ignore all federal laws that relate to immigration. And I'm going to tell the cartels, we're in business together. And you bring these people here and we will process them for you. They don't have to run from us anymore. They can run to Border Patrol and I will let them in because I'm making the laws here. And that's what he's doing, whether it's related to oil and gas. It's, it's all kinds of issues where he, he has disdain for what the law says and disdain for our, what, what we have known for 250 years approximately as a constitutional republic. And he's moving us towards what so many other countries have, which is a few people get to decide what's going on, and he's the guy right now. Attorney General Ken Paxton from the state of Texas. General, yesterday this, uh, the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans uh, handed a, a victory in a, in a, to you in a suit that you initiated. Give us just the, the cliff notes on that. Yeah, so this, you know, we, we, it's called DACA. It relates to the child of, of immigrants. We also used to have what's called DAPA, and we sued on DAPA, you know, a decade ago, not a decade, maybe eight years ago, seven years ago, and we, we won that. And it's very similar to DACA, and the idea was President Obama had told us that he didn't have the authority to change immigration law, that it was up to Congress, and he wasn't a king or an emperor, and yet not long after he said that, in the, I think it was November of 2014, he, he created DAPA and then later DACA, where he changed immigration law without Congress approval. Again, this is a violation of the idea that we have a representative government. Whether you like this or not, whether you like the idea, we can't let our president just dictate laws to us or we don't have representative government. And we've been successful. We, we were able to overturn DAPA, and now here we are in front of the Fifth Circuit, and they agree this law was completely made up. The Biden administration is criticizing us, saying we're extremists for following the Constitution and for following federal law. And the reality is he's the extremist. He's the one that doesn't want you to know that he isn't following federal law, that he's doing what he wants to do. And it doesn't follow any mandates of what our Constitution put in place. And he's he's operating as a sole independent source. And that just that's not the way our government works. It does in other countries, but it's not the U.S. government. I have said, and you are free to agree or disagree, I have said with respect to the so-called dreamers, those are the, now the adults, the adult children of illegal, illegal migrants who came here and brought, who came here as small children and only lived in the United States. The only country they've ever known is the United States. They speak unaccented English. They've gone to school here. They, they're established here. I have said that 
reasonable people can come to a reasonable arrangement as to what to do about that approximately 600,000 so-called dreamers, but nothing can happen until you secure the border once and for all. Agree or disagree? No, I totally agree. But it has to be done the right way, and it has to be done through Congress, not some dictate from whoever thinks they're the controlling decider in the country, in this case, Joe Biden. They have to do it through Congress. And I absolutely agree. Until you secure the border, there's there's no way that any of this works, because all you're doing is opening up more loophole after loophole after loophole. And there is no immigration system. Certainly no other country would do what, what Joe Biden is doing to us with immigration. No other country would put their people in the risk of terrorism, crime, drug cartels, drug overdoses that this Biden administration is doing to us. And apparently, you know, they seem to be doing it with impunity. Attorney General from the state of Texas, Ken Paxton, in about the minute, minute and a half that we have left, with with the Fifth Circuit's ruling yesterday, what happens next? So it was remanded back. Part of it was remanded back. So they can't take any new applications. But it, after our original oral arguments in front of the Fifth Circuit, of course, DHS, this is common for the Biden administration, they changed the rules that we're in court about. So they came in and changed the 2012 memo to something else to, to, to muck up the case we had. And that part is being remanded back to the district court to determine if the new part is constitutional. And my guess is it's going to fall in the same category. They're not allowed to just make up law. Congress has to do that. But as a practical matter, if it, with, a, with a court ruling in hand, what if they just choose to ignore it? Uh, you know, they've been, we have to go in and ask for, you know, contempt, you know, hold the Department of Homeland Security in contempt if they, if they, if they continue to process applications. Well, it it wouldn't be, wouldn't surprise me if they did or if they, my fear is that we just simply lost respect for the law, that the, the, the law is, the law is applies unless you don't want it to. And that's my fear. That is actually an Obama characteristic. I think he's kind of spread that, and you see it in local governments in my state. You see it with district attorneys who won't prosecute. They're nullifying state law, and we're seeing this with the Biden administration. They just don't follow the law anymore, and if we, with a breakdown of the law, it only harms the people that, that have to live in that country not knowing what the laws are. Attorney General Ken Paxton, listen, I appreciate you taking time for us today, General. Thank you a lot. Hey. Glad to do it. Thanks for having me on. Thank, take care. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon and Paul Gleiser filling in for Jimmy. Continues after the break. Don't go away. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. Paul Gleiser sitting in from Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. Richard in Montreal got about a minute and 20 seconds for you to bat clean up here to wrap up the show. You're up. Richard, what's on your mind? Hi there. Listen, I was thinking uh, with, the, with the gas pricing going so high, they're pushing everybody to go towards electric cars, which we aren't really ready for. Mm-hmm. If, I was, if I was the gas companies, I'd bring the price down so low, so low, that nobody would want to buy an electric car for a while, at least, because if they all go electric, they won't be selling gas anymore. Well, the problem the problem is that yeah, that's not your call it's market driven you you can't you can't bring the cost down below your b- below your lifting and production costs 
Yeah, but you know, I'm sure they're making a lot of money with the gouging a bit of the gas, you know? I don't think they're, they're not. All the everybody thinks their oil companies are gouging. The oil companies are not gouging. They're paying the market price for it's a world market, it's a fungible market. They're paying the market okay. price for petroleum. They're factoring in their production, their lifting costs, their production costs, their transportation costs, and the price is the price. And it's, so it's high. But it's it's high because the cost of the of the feedstock is high. So there's it's everybody thinks it's it's a symbol. Just lower the price. It doesn't work that way. Richard, appreciate appreciate your call. I got to jump because we're just out of time. But that's how it is. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Had a lot of fun. Been a rocking fun show. Went by just really quick. Jimmy will be back tomorrow here in the. He'll be in Oklahoma, but he'll be on your radio where he belongs. I'll be with you the next time I see you. Appreciate you being a part of the program today. Go make it a great day. As Jimmy says, the show's over. Pay up and get out. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.